0: Let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to Ephesians chapter 3, and as you do, just in light of today, and today being a vision Sunday for us, a time together, uh, we will not have children's worship today, no treehouse, house will all be right here. So kids, we're grateful to have you right here with us today, and uh, have an opportunity for you later in the service that we want you to participate in. But let me invite open up to Ephesians chapter 3, we'll be looking at verses uh, twenty and twenty one let uh, me encourage you to open up a copy of the scriptures if you don 't have a copy with you to use a pew Bible and you can find this on page nine hundred and forty eight but we just heard folks right many of whom we know, most of whom we know, perhaps all of whom we know. we heard folks from this faith family, from this church family share our mission statement that we that we exist. To glorify God by knowing God through biblical worship, growing together as disciples of Christ and going throughout the world with the gospel of Christ. Knowing, growing, and going for God's glory. Soli Deo Gloria, Latin for glory to God alone, became one of the five solas, of the Protestant Reformation, summarizing the message of the Protestant Reformation that emphasized that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scriptures alone, for the glory of God alone. Sole Deo Gloria. We want to focus today and this year on exalting God above everything. Like, why do we strive to know God and to grow in Christ and to go with the gospel for the glory of God and God alone? Soli Deo Gloria. May that be a theme, church, for us in 2022. We exist to glorify God, to give the honor to Him that is due Him to praise the one who is worthy of our praise, to set our affections upon him and spend our days telling of his greatness. Oh, he's good and he's gracious. You know this, right? He is a good and gracious God. He's not just high and lofty and majestic and splendid and mighty and powerful and sovereign. He's certainly all of those things. We know that, but he's also incredibly merciful and loving and gracious and kind and caring and committed and present with us. And it's these truths, these communicable attributes of who God is that are known in relationship, experienced in relationship with him that led Paul, the apostle, to praise him in our text for today. So let's listen to what he says. As you find your place there in Ephesians chapter 3? Would you join me standing for the reading of God's word? Ephesians chapter 3 Verses 20 and 21, Paul has just prayed, expressed a prayer for his readers, for us, that we might know the magnitude of Christ's love. And he goes on, he says in verse 20, he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And, oh God, guide us now in digesting the truths of your word, of your glory and your grace. Lead us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today is a Vision Sunday uh, for us here at Meadowbrook. Baptist Church, and perhaps you're wondering, what's the big news? Like, what's the preacher going to say? What's he going to challenge us with? What's he going to share with us? What's he going to ask us to do? And here it is. Are you ready for it? I know you're on the edge of your seat. Church, are you ready for it? This is it. This is it. This is the news. God. God himself is the news. God himself, the good news, it's that the almighty maker of heaven and earth and of your life and my life and all that exists loves us with an infinite love demonstrated in the coming and the living and the dying and the rising and the now reigning of Jesus Christ. I pray that today's a day for refocusing and remembering, remembering God and his glory, his goodness and his grace to us. Just a couple days ago in our house, the TV was playing an episode of everybody's favorite show, Garfield, right? Like, anybody like Garfield? Any kids like Garfield? Moms, dads? Garfield. Alright, so Garfield was playing on the TV and this this particular episode was about uh, smartphones. Right? This was, I think it was 2016 or something and it was talking about smartphones and warning against sort of the dangers of smartphones ruling our our lives. And so John, there on Garfield, Garfield's owner is particularly excited about The capability of his new smartphone. And so he's talking to his smartphone. Zoe is his Siri. And he is inviting Zoe to speak into his life. And to set his schedule. And to give him reminders. And Garfield, who's often, always, let's say always, manipulating others to get his own way. Picks up on that. And so he he steals John's voice recorder. And he sets reminders off throughout the day. Reminder... It's time to feed your cat. And so John, just without even thinking, just, oh, time to feed the cat. And feeds the cat dozens of times throughout the day until he finally realizes after 87 times that he's fed the cat all day long without thinking about what he's being told. So we're not talking about that kind of remembering. We're not talking about sort of rote activity or Uh, or or, or, uh, memorization in a way that is not digested and heard and experienced by us. We're not talking about simply memorizing Scripture for the sake of words. Certainly memorizing the Word, knowing the Word, knowing the Gospel in a way that ruminates in our hearts and our minds and leads us to reflect on the the glory and the grace of, of our God. We've got a sign when we leave the parking lot down near the end of the drive. A little trivia question here. You may know what scripture verse is on that sign. Like if if you work here, you can't answer. But you know, it's from this letter. It's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. A reminder as we go that it is by grace we are saved through faith. This is not from ourselves. It is the gift of God, a reminder of God's grace. May today be a day that we remember the news that the God who reigns on high has rescued us that we might know and live for him solely Deo Gloria. Oh, church, that we might catch a glimpse of God's glory today, a vision of his greatness and his grace revealed in his extraordinary plans for us. According to the word, according to our text for today, God has extraordinary plans for us. According to the Bible, God's purposes for his people far surpass our expectations. This is good news. This is news that ought to make us pause like Paul and wonder at the greatness of God. His purposes for his people far surpass our expectations. And we're used to sort of uh, having our expectations Be met or not on a regular basis. This happens multiple times throughout the day with whatever we're dealing with. Yesterday, my my college basketball team slightly exceeded my expectations. And that was satisfying. But I played tennis for the first time. After many months of not playing tennis, and I did not meet my expectations, I was disappointed. My wife cooked a fantastic dinner last night. She made a sweet potato souffle that far exceeded my expectations. Like, we're used to this all the time. You could tell stories of when your expectations were met or, or not. But Paul is saying that God's purposes for his people far exceed our expectations. And knowing who it is that we're that we're worshiping, knowing who it is that we're talking about, why would we expect anything less? What does Paul say here? He says, God is able to do more. No, that's not all he says. That God is able to do immeasurably more. Even more. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask. And still, even a bit more. God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. See, God's purposes for his people far surpass our expectations, meaning they are beyond what we could ask or imagine. They're beyond what we could ask or imagine. Let that sink in for just a moment. Like This guy, Paul, is praising the Lord here in response to his own prayer that we would know the incomprehensible love of Jesus Christ for us. One pastor reflects on this, he says, God can do more in response to one prayer than we can do in 100 years of planning and plotting. Well, church, may we be a people of prayer. May we be a people who believe that God is who he says he is and that he has good plans for us. May we cry out to God with praise and adoration, thanksgiving and intercession, confident in his might and his mercy. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says it this way, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Friends, God has richly blessed us in the Lord Jesus Christ, fully forgiving our sins and granting us access to his presence and citizenship in his eternal kingdom as his full-fledged adopted sons and daughters. What a good and perfect father we serve. And when I consider God's goodness to us, particularly over the last couple of years here as a church family, here at Meadowbrook Baptist Church, I think of a church that's regathered in the midst of a pandemic comprised of people and families who believe that this God is worthy of our collective praise. And I think of a church who, who's engaging her community as 74 of our own folks knocked on nearly 700 homes in 2021, often having prayer with folks and sharing Jesus Christ. In fact, I talked to a lady just a couple days ago. About something totally unrelated. I wave phone and she told me, she said, Hey, there were some folks from your church that came and knocked on my door. We had a great conversation. They were so kind and gracious to us. Church, I, I think of God's grace in sending five mission teams on domestic or foreign mission trips despite the uncertainties of traveling during COVID. I hear the praises of people in this place, often socially distanced, yet joyfully declaring God's worth. I witness the conversations and prayers of our staff gathered around a table week after week, seeking God's guidance and His grace and His power to carry on with church ministry during unprecedented times. I picture men and women gathering via Zoom. And other times in person to read the Bible together, to grow together and to pray for one another. I hear the stories of those in this faith family loving and caring for her own during times of grief and crisis, loss, disaster. Your stories of women in this faith family making items for mission teams to take. To give to mission partners. I think of men and women who are serving the men of the Jimmy Hill Mission and the ladies of the well house and of packing boxes for impoverished children through Samaritan's Purse. See the, impover- the imperishable uh, food bundles purchased and packed by ladies in our church family being sent home through our local schools, through the Shelby County Schools, week after week after week to families in need through the Backpack Buddies Initiative in the Shelby County Schools. Picture the 119 or so kids in Shelby County who received Christmas gifts because you purchased them for them through the Christmas gift shop ministry. Record-setting, 88. $1,950 that you gave in 2021 to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for our International Mission Board missionaries as well as the $167,000 that you gave above budget to the church's general offering allowing us to pay an additional $175,000 on our building debt just this past week. Recall the joyful testimony of one of our own David and Shannon Brown, as they prepare to spend the next year plus sharing Christ, serving his church in Eastern Europe. Remember, you you know, these are just some of story, some of the ways that God's purposes for us are surpassing our expectations and shining the light of God's glory in the church throughout this community and to the ends of the earth. Solely Deo Gloria, glory to God and God alone, for anything worth celebrating is only accomplished by God's power. It's only accomplished by His, His power. God's purposes for His people are only accomplished by God's power. There's no place for boasting. Be honest, just personally, I get a little even uncomfortable just sharing some of these things. There's no place for exaltation, self-exaltation among God's redeemed, for God's purposes are fulfilled according to His power that is at work within us. Verse 20. In other words, not only are we saved by God's grace, But we're also sustained by God's grace and changed by God's grace and used by God's grace. His power transforms His people to be used for His purposes. This is why Paul would say in this letter, Ephesians chapter 2, he would say, and in Him, you too, you too are being built Together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. God is doing this work in you. He is transforming you. He is dwelling in you. He is changing you for God's purposes for His people far surpass our expectations beyond what we could ask or imagine and accomplished by God's power. So let's not shortchange God. Let's not minimize His will for His church. Let's not be content with man-centered Plans and people driven dreams, but let's cry out to the Lord of heaven to magnify his glory here in this church. Among these people, for God's glory shines through Jesus and His church. Paul is saying here, rather clearly God's glory shines, it radiates, it shines. Through Jesus, His Son, and through the church. That's what Paul prays here. He's describing praise to God. He's declaring that God is praised through Jesus and through, through those who belong to Him. Who is Jesus? We read it earlier as we open our gathering for worship. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn over all creation. And God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, in the Son. God's glory shines through Jesus Christ. But get this, God's glory doesn't just shine through Jesus, but also through those who belong to Jesus. Through the church. Through the church, the the multi-ethnic, multi-generational community reconciled to God and one another by way of the cross. The church of Jesus Christ makes God's glory known. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying that this this gathered community, this one right here, and others like it, large and small, all over the world, which the world may regard as nothing, according to one theologian, is the concrete expression of the love and power of God in the world. Church is not just something that we do, but it's a people to whom we belong, people to whom we're we're called, we are, we are the body of Jesus Christ, the, the people through whom God's glory becomes visible as we surrender to him, as we serve him and one another. God's glory shines through Jesus and his church and it does so according to the word right now, right now, right now, and perhaps we would say especially right now as we're Gathered on the Lord's days, communities of believers have come together, gathering in His name for fellowship and prayer, and confession and worship, to be led by Him and to hear from Him. Your presence and participation matters. Like church, we're part of something unimaginable. That's what the Bible is saying—something un paralleled, a people planned and purchased by God himself and dwelt by the Holy Spirit and led by the Lord Jesus Christ to display the glory of the Most High God. This letter says that rather clearly in this chapter, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. God's intent was that now, through the church, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to the eternal purpose that God accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like, let that sink in for just a moment. God has planned, church, God has planned for the church. He's planned for us, Meadowbrook. He's planned for the church to display his manifold wisdom. Meaning his multifaceted, uh, rich Character, Yes, to the world around us, but not just to the world around us, to the angels in heaven and the demons below to be living proof of his greatness and his grace. We're part of a cosmic sermon revealing God's plan to every nook and cranny of the universe. What a privilege that is. What an honor to be a resurrected people to whom God declares His character and His glory. Soli Deo Gloria. God's glory shines through Jesus and His church, yes, right now, but not just now, for forever and forever. You See, we're going to one day stand together with the church, Big C, from all, with all God's people, from every nation, tribe, people, and language fully and forever shining in the light of God's glory. Always and completely delighting in God and enjoying His abundant provision and His constant presence. Oh, may that future vision, that future promise dictate our present living. May the promise of the one day direct our today. But until then. Until then. There's tension. Let's not ignore the tension. There's tension. Between what we are. What the church is in principle. And what she is in actual practice. You see Paul. Fully expected the power of God. God's immense power to do the the unimaginable and unify the body of Jesus Christ as a testimony to God's matchless power and his unlimited grace. And so church, we join Paul in praying that it would be so here. We join Paul in praying that the picture of the church provided in the scriptures would be an accurate representation of the practice of the people here, that Meadowbrook Baptist Church would shine the glory of Jesus building up the body of Christ by walking in the love of Christ. So may this be our prayer. Church, may God's reconciling grace, may His reconciling grace, may His incomprehensible love, and may His sovereign work in us lead us to glorify Him. May His reconciling grace that that gives us peace with Him through Jesus Christ, but not only peace with Him, also peace with one another. May His incomprehensible love, the width and the height and the depth and the length of Christ's love for us and His sovereign work, God's power that is at work in us. May these truths lead us, lead us to live our lives for His glory. So what might that mean for us? Church, may God be glorified as we Gather together. We exist to glorify God by knowing God through biblical worship, growing together as disciples of Christ, and going throughout the world with the gospel of Christ. May God be glorified as we come together, as we continue coming together in worship, gathering with one another, despite the plethora of obstacles and attitudes and activities that the enemy desires to see stand in the way. May Jesus be first in our lives, And in our church, may he be first in the church as we come together. According to Ephesians chapter 5, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. May we sing and make music from our hearts to the Lord together. May God be glorified as we keep on coming together for worship and as we grow in Christ. As we grow in Christ, knowing God to biblical worship and growing together as disciples of Christ. Like, if, if anything, Ephesians presents a picture of, of believers growing together, the church growing together, maturing as a community of faith, becoming more like our head, more like our leader, more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We mature as God's Spirit uses our time in the Word and with other believers to become more like Jesus. God equips us to do so in the church. For Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, so that the church may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So real quick, three challenges for us in the area of growing in Christ. The area of discipleship. Number one, let me challenge all of us to be open-minded and seeking the Lord's guidance for healthy church leadership here at Meadowbrook Baptist Church. I've mentioned a couple times before and have unpacked with some key leadership groups in our church that perhaps the Lord is leading us to consider a plurality of elders model here at Meadowbrook. Congregational polity as Baptists, that's clearly part of our identity. But perhaps perhaps we should open-handedly come before the Lord and consider what is healthy church leadership, what is biblical church leadership as we see it in the Bible. And so I want to be teaching through that in just a few weeks in March-April time frame. So all I'm saying to all of us now, let's be open in seeking the Lord and what He has for us, what perhaps He has for us in this direction. Number two, another way I want to challenge us all in the area of of growing together in Christ, to be plugged in, to be engaged with Sunday school group or a life group or some small group that is part of this faith family. The picture of the Bible is clearly growing together in Christian community. And so if you're if you're engaged in that way, let me just encourage you to press into that, lean into that, seek the Lord's direction in that. As you grow together, as you hear the word taught, as you rally around others, as you grow in relationships, as you care for others and pray for others and apply the word with one another... Of course, many of you are doing so on Sunday mornings, right after this time, in Sunday school groups. But there are other opportunities: men's groups, ladies' groups, Wednesday night groups. Let me encourage you: plug in and grow together with other believers. And then, lastly, let me encourage all of us to engage in family discipleship in the home. So, in the church and in the home, what does that look like? If you don't live alone, if you live with spouse, kids. Grandkids, let's make our homes places where the Word of God is read and it is taught. And perhaps most natural, easiest place to begin implementing that would be to take the worship guide from Sunday morning and to do that family discussion guide in the home to follow up and to center our families around growing in Christ. Meadowbrook, may God be glorified as we gather together, as we grow in Jesus Christ, and finally as we go with the Gospel, as we go with the gospel. See, Ephesians is one of the most beautiful descriptions of the church in all of the scriptures. It's one of those beautiful descriptions and portraits of the church in the Bible. It's a text written to the church, about the church for the church calling the church the people of god to live out her new identity in the lord jesus christ and yet paul is writing one of his purposes in writing is inviting us to follow his example of celebrating god's heart for the gentiles for the non-jews for the foreigners for the nations From every nation to become part of God's multi-ethnic people. Saved by his grace and called into his kingdom. Paul's pretty excited about this. And we should be too. And so he says through the gospel. Through Christ. Through Jesus. the, The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body. And shares together in the promise in Christ Jesus. You see Christ Church spans every ethnic boundary. And so like Paul and his first century co-workers, we get to take the good news of a gracious Savior to our neighbors and the nations, going with the gospel for the glory of Jesus. So what does this mean for us this year? Only the Lord knows. We deduce anything from a text like this, only the Lord truly knows. But let's not shortchange his plans to use us. We went to almost seven hundred homes together in this block right here in this community. When I say it right here in our community, in our engaged Meadowbrook Initiative, we went to about seven hundred homes. How about one thousand this year? Roughly 75 or so folks from our faith family participated in at least one of those outings. How about 100 this year? Together we gave nearly $90,000 to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. How about $100,000 this year? We've witnessed two of our own who are dearly loved by us, who are precious to this faith family, hear and respond to God's call to go and make disciples among the nations. Who might it be? This year, I don't want to presume to know what God's going to do, but one thing I know, one thing we know, that He's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. So to Him be glory, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, may God's reconciling grace. May His incomprehensible love and His sovereign work in us lead us to glorify Him. May it be so. Our mission statement is on the screen. It's also on a banner that we have this morning. It's out in the foyer, but in just a moment it's going to be right here. As we celebrate the call that God has placed on our lives, and the opportunity to join together with a faith family in seeing His name praised through us. And there it is, that we exist to glorify God by knowing God through biblical worship, growing together as disciples of Christ, and going throughout the world with the gospel of Christ. And so we're going to do something just a little bit different this morning during our response time in just a moment. We're going to sing as we always do, responding through song, but we're going to have opportunity as we sing. You're all invited, young, old, kids, adults, senior adults, young adults, singles, marrieds, families, church members, and guests. You're all invited to come during this time and to sign your name. On that banner, as an expression of your amen. You see, Paul's statement here ends with amen. To him be glory, to God be glory, in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Amen is his way of saying, may it be so. Yes, this is true. I believe this. And so as an expression of your amen, To this collective call and mission that God has given us in the church. Let me encourage you in just a moment when we stand and sing. We've got a number of permanent markers. You come if you're comfortable doing so and write your name. Just first names only. Jack, Pam, Ashley, Chris, Paxton, Marlon. All across the white space of this banner. As a collective commitment and celebration of God's call for his people. His desire for us, that his name might be praised in us. So I'm going to pray. David, our musicians are going to come and lead us in a time of worship through song. And as they do, you come. You go ahead and come as you're led. Let's pray. And then you come. Oh God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your kindness. Father, we thank you that yes, even though you are mighty and majestic and sovereign and transcendent and eternal, God over all. Yet you are near, you are imminent, you are present, you are caring, you are committed, your purposes for us are exceedingly, abundantly beyond all we could ask or imagine. And Father, we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your kindness, we thank you for calling us first to yourself, reconciling us by your grace. And Father, like we read in your word, may we grow in our knowledge of you and Specifically, Lord, may we grow in knowing the the breadth of your love for us. Lead us to live out our identity together in Jesus Christ for the glory of Christ until Christ our Savior calls us home. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.